What's up, guys and gals? My name is Jim, and this is Shattering the Stained Glass. Hey, we are a podcast dedicated to the spiritual refugee in post-Christian America. I want to welcome friends, welcome enemies. Uh, Man, we've got a show for you. Uh, This is episode one, To Name a Lion. That will make sense here uh, shortly. Uh, Basically, in this episode, just as in any... um, Anything starting out, it's going to be a foundational episode. It might be a little longer uh, than the others to come, but uh, that's just because we're trying to lay some groundwork. You know, in starting anything new, uh, kind of have to begin to define terms, if you will, define things and and, uh, shape things. And so um, that's kind of what we're doing in this episode. Uh, You can kind of expect me to talk a little bit about myself, probably quite a bit about myself, um, just mainly explaining a little bit about who I am, uh, where I came from, uh, my story, does that even matter? Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about like why another podcast and especially why another um, spiritual podcast. Yeah. So do we need another one <laughs> in this world today? And uh, yeah, so why another podcast? And then also what to expect uh, going forward, what to expect with uh, the episodes in the future and all of that fun stuff. So um, sit back, relax. Let's get this bad boy going, shall we? The single most important question any human being can ask is the question truth. There is a truth that can be known and must be applied if we're going to walk in step with ultimate reality. And that's the answer. We don't know God. If we knew God, we'd set the world on fire. Welcome. Like I said, welcome to the first episode. Uh, let me just start out by telling you a little bit about myself, uh, shall we? Uh, my name is Jim. I am almost 40 years old. I live in uh, the Midwest, in Indiana to be exact, and I've got a wife and three kiddos. Uh, kiddos are five, three, and five months at the time of this recording. And let me just say, um, the idea of starting a business, which I did uh, beginning in January 2020, and then launching a podcast, as well as um, having a baby and then working a full-time job, um, most people would say I'm insane. Uh, that verdict's still out. Maybe I am. I don't know. We, we shall find out. But uh, there's a lot of craziness going on in my life. But I want to tell you a little bit about myself. I uh, grew up in the church world. Uh, man, I have a, a long history, I guess, working with the church. I've volunteered in a lot of capacities. I've also been on staff in different places. Uh, now I, I currently work in a, a, a secular job. Uh, delivering packages for a very large company, uh, which shall remain nameless only because, you know, that whole liability thing, right? So, but yeah, so I, I work full time. And, and like I said, I have a long history within the church world. I have a lot of uh, baggage, <laughs> um, which some of that will be unpacked here on the show. And hopefully not just to unpack it for my own mental sake, but honestly to to hopefully help encourage and strengthen and equip uh, some of you guys out there. Probably the best way to break down my story quick, fast, in a hurry uh, would be in a, um, a form that I'm not... Uh, well rehearsed in, and um, yeah, that is uh, that is through spoken word. So here's the deal. Here's a, here's a little story, I guess, leading up to me sharing what I'm about to share with you. Some years back, I worked at a very large church. I actually worked in maintenance, but what I did because I knew the pastor at the time that that came on, and he he hired me and brought me on to kind of help reshape some things. You know, I I had a lot of respect for this guy, and we would meet a lot of times, and I would just encourage him in different ways, and, and a lot of times uh, he he would ask kind of my opinion, or I would help shape um, some of the sermon series, things like that. Well, there's, there was a time where he came, he, I guess they were going to do this, this sermon 
or this this um one of the one of the services they were going to do uh, they decided they were going to sing mighty to save uh if any of you have been in the christian world or church world any length of time you'd be very familiar with the song mighty to save uh, well in that they were wanting to kind of freshen it up make it new make it modern make it cool and they said hey you know he, he was like you know we're thinking about doing like a, a spoken word piece with it and do some like word things and all that stuff with it and um i was like well that's cool so me being the uh the person that i am i i when I get an idea in my head, I just, I take it, I create it, and I just go, 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 go with it. And so anyway, I ended up writing a spoken word piece to go with this mighty to save thing. Uh, part of that though, because I was new to the church, I, I decided to share my story within it because I felt like my story kind of encapsulated some of what uh, they were trying to get across. And so anyway, I say that to say I wrote it, sent it to him. He never got back with me. It was kind of one of those like, eh. They they just scrapped the whole idea altogether. And uh, hindsight, looking back now, I kind of understand why. But <laughs> I feel like it'd be best to share my story just by using just kind of something different, right? So I probably won't ever do a spoken word piece again. But uh, this is one that was written a long time ago. It's about my story. And it's about God, a big mighty to save. And um, maybe a little cheesy. I don't know. But thank you for indulging me at least this once. I know we're we're just newly, we've just met, but um, thank you. Thank you for that. So here we go. We ready? You don't know me, but here's my story, or at least my attempt to tell of the one greater than my circumstance. My God, who is truly mighty to save. Son of an alcoholic father who aimed a rifle at my mother, he missed a shot and left me fatherless in the dark. Mighty, of great size, huge, potent, forceful, mighty was the void in my heart. Yet I came to Jesus, still very young, but I grew until religion and I were one. Mighty, extraordinary, gigantic, monumental, mighty was the gap between the truth I could preach and the lie I'd lived but did not see. Mighty were the lies that took me away to dark places, always seeing sinister faces, yet none more sinister than my own. Mighty, majestic, tremendous, massive, vast, mighty, the word to describe the pit I was in. Mighty was my circumstance. Mighty was my sin. Mighty was my need to be saved. Need to be saved? Was it too late to have a clean life, to get a new slate? To save is to rescue, spare, preserve, protect. To save is to keep safe, intact, to keep from being lost. I was drowning in a bottle and a bowl. I needed a rescue. I needed a new soul. Someone to come into my whiskey-clouded haze and shine a light. That was my prayer. That was my fight. Someone to save me, redeem me, was what I needed. Yet in my heart, there was something already seated. A truth from when I was young, after my daddy left and refused to call me son. There in the deep was a word slicing through my drug-induced sleep. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. In awakening, a needing to be saved, broken and ashamed, I reached to him, the only one I knew. Reaching for a rope that had withdrew. I found not a rope, but a hand, not the one of an average man, but one with a nail print in his palm. It was the one who was fully man and fully God. God. Alpha, Omega, beginning and end. God. Never changing, all-powerful, ever-present, merciful, just, true. God. All-knowing, self-sufficient, self-existent, good, full of compassion, abounding in love. God. King of kings, Lord of lords, limitless, steadfast, unparalleled, the great deliverer, God, irresistible healer, restorer of the broken, our God is greater, is stronger. He is a friend closer than a brother. His eyes are like fire. He is a strong tower. God, the creator of the universe, the holy one, the bright and morning star, the grave robber, the death stealer, God, the resurrection. He is life, provider. He is father, none like him. He 
is alive. He is God. Mighty was the pit I was in. Mightier was the God who rescued me from my sin. Mighty was the one who brought me from death to life. Mighty is the one who snatched me from the pit and set me on the rock. Mighty is my Savior God. Mighty is my Father God. For God alone, O my soul, waits in silence, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Our God is all-powerful, magnificent, strong enough to bend and protect, spare, preserve, and rescue us. Our God is mighty to save. We sing it for the glory of the risen King. Oh, Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world sing. We sing it for the glory of the risen King. <laughs> All right. Well, um... Yeah, so in a, in a nutshell, that is kind of my story. I, you know, I grew up in the church world, left the church world, came back to the church world, and then left it um, again. I've been out for about five years now. I would um, say that I've have embraced this title, this role of a spiritual refugee. And what is a spiritual refugee? I define it simply as this, is that um, spiritual refugee is a person that is between the what was and the not yet in the American church landscape. Um, you know, we... Uh, there's a, there's a lot. My wife and I we we've um, we've been married a little over eight years, and we have interacted with a lot of different people um, that have just been burned out. Man, they have been hurt. They've been wounded. Most of them have been uh, wounded in some form or capacity. Uh, there's a lot of them in the reform circles uh, that have come to us and just uh, they privately talk to us about uh, the things that that they have. Um, been taught that they're really struggling with, they're really wrestling with. And then we have other friends that have, have just walked away from the faith altogether. Looking out on the podcast landscape, um, there is a ton of podcasts out there uh, right now for uh, deconstructionists, uh, which is basically, if, you don't know, if you're not familiar with that term, is simply someone that's unraveling, they're taking apart uh, the things they've been taught, the things they've learned. And oftentimes, a lot of these podcasts, because they've been going for a little while, um, and a lot of people that fall into this camp, they kind of just walk away altogether, or they embrace something completely, just nothing at all like where they started and where their intent to start was. And, and you know, I think a lot of that is just there. there's an, in the attempt to get away from the, the church system that we're familiar with, they just push it away, walk away completely, and uh, never look back. Uh, but then there's this other dynamic of people that we have in our lives that that um, they they are burned out. They're they're frustrated. They're mad. They're tired. But they don't know what to do. They don't. They see the deconstructions. They don't want to go uh, that route because their their fear is if they start to unravel things that they're just going to walk away completely. And so there, there's a lot of fear that holds them back from doing that. And so what they do is they double down. They double down on everything um, in the church world, in the church system. They And they're actually unintentionally a lot of times just propping up and holding up the very thing that is hindering them and holding them back. And, and so there's this weird uh, tension, this weird dichotomy uh, within, I think, a lot of believers right now, especially in the American church context, uh, that there's, there's just this struggle uh, almost a sense of like being in a, a place of, um, of of wilderness, if you will, uh, a, a desert place, a, a place where it's like 
you know, they, they believe that there's something more out there. They believe that there is a God. They, 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 but then even at times they struggle with that. Is there, and if so, what does he look like? And is he what I've always known uh, and what I've been taught? And so honestly, the hope with, with this podcast is to uh, kind of tackle some of those things. Um, so some of you may be wondering why, why another podcast, dude, like we've got more than enough, right? Well, here's the thing. There's a lot. And I, and I would encourage you to check some out that I've grown from, uh, especially those of you that, that are looking to kind of unpack some of your uh, spiritual journey or maybe to, um, kind of unravel some, uh, there, you know, there's some good ones out there like the Holy Post podcast with Phil Vischer and Sky Jatani. Um, you know, there's, uh, the Vox podcast with uh, Mike Erie, um, the liturgy podcast, unbelievable, is probably one of my favorites, just because it, it deals with it brings in people from different uh, belief systems and kind of lets them debate. Uh, so I enjoy that one a lot. Uh, those are just some that I personally have enjoyed, but they they all kind of tackle, if you will, some of this deconstruction and stuff, some of this wrestling that, that I've experienced at least in in my walk and in my faith journey. Some of you may be like, okay, well, cool, man. So why uh, why are you doing a podcast? What why why you? And why now, right? Uh, part of that, I think, is is simply this. I The interesting thing, I guess, a little more about me is I uh, I was a part of a podcast for a while called the Dude What uh, Movie Review Podcast. Uh, we're kind of in this this hiatus. We have been for a little bit. We've been working on building a studio, doing all these things. And uh, a friend of mine, a real good friend of mine, Brian Sumner, uh, who is the host, uh, the main host of Dude What, he came to me a while back and he's like, hey, dude, uh, I want to do this podcast. It's about movies and this is the idea. And I was like, dude, I think that's awesome. Let's do it. And I have this tendency to grab a hold of things and run with it on the creative uh, spectrum. And and that can be overwhelming. And some of you may be like, I can already tell. You know, that, that, that can be overwhelming for some. But um, we uh, we had a good run for a while. We were, we were under a, a group called Homer's Radio Network. You know, and, and you can still find all those podcasts at HRN or under HRN on like Apple and all that fun stuff if you are interested in listening to some of those. But uh, if you like movies and, and things, but... Uh, yeah, that, that kind of set this ball rolling for me to just get this bug more for just creating and doing things. And, and then because of my, my history within the church world, but then also being outside of the church world. And I, I just realized that there's this, this group or this dynamic that that's not being represented right now. And, um, and so, yeah, that's why, that's why I feel like, why not, <laughs> why not go ahead and, and put that out there in my, I, you know, I don't have all the answers at all and I won't claim to, and you know, uh, it's everyone has to figure things out on their own kind of thing. But my hope is to kind of be a voice for you, maybe a voice of encouragement, a voice of equipping for those of you that are kind of in this weird uh, middle place right now, uh, this this wilderness, if you will, uh, that we're in. Um, and I think that's amplified even more now with uh, 2020 going on. And quite honestly, like my, my intent, like what I saw, what I see is the American church has been going through a transitional period for a while now. Uh, part of that is, you know, we... Uh, the church is it's dying as as we know it. It's it's literally knocking on. It's the death rattle is in its breath right now. And uh, some people that is uh, for some people that is really scary and they don't know what to do. And I, I feel like um, God is using honestly this everything going on in 2020 to kind of shake and awaken uh, people. 
and uh, especially the church in America to kind of wake them up to the fact that like, hey, what you guys have been doing, um, you've been doing without me. My presence is not there um, and I don't need to be there because you've created your own version of my presence, right? And so there, there's this weird transition happening in America uh, and, and especially within the church world. And so my hope is, you know, I've, I've kind of gone through a lot um, in my history. I, if I was to break that down, this would be like a five-hour podcast. Uh, you know, I could write a small novel on the stories of God um, in my life. And so um, my hope is that in the future to be to kind of share some of those stories with you, to that you can, you know, be encouraged with that. But, you know, so I'm not going to bore you with all of those today. Uh, but so, so what, so what, what do we expect? What to expect, uh, with shattering the stained glasses? Just a few things. We, um, you know, I'm a blue collar guy. Most of my life I have worked, um, outside of the church world. I've, I've worked a lot of different jobs, um, a lot of different jobs. Most of them involve getting my hands dirty and, um, calloused a little bit. And so, uh, still do, I still work a very, um, labor intensive type uh, employment that I have now. And, um, you know, so I, I bring with me, I guess, that perspective. I'm not a, uh, an elitist, if you will. I, I don't have all these doctorates and things. For some of you, that may be um, really um, discouraging. And so uh, I get it. There are plenty out there. There are plenty of podcasts out there for uh, for you to get that that fix, that theology, uh, those of you who like to wax eloquently about um, the things of God and, and all of that. But this, um, honestly, what I mean by that, a blue-collar theology type thing, is, is simply this, is that it's going to be very down-to-earth. I'm going to try to take the things that I know of God, the things that I've learned about God, the things uh, that I'm struggling with, and just kind of break them down in a way that hopefully, you know, is, is kind of fun to listen to, but then also will be challenging and encouraging as well. Uh, I'm going to try to be very practical in my breakdown of stuff and... Um, uh, my attempt to be humble, and let me be honest, that is a that is a hard thing for me because uh, my, my entire life I've I've always struggled to you know I, I want to build a platform I want to do all these things and I I think that I have great things to offer the world and um, you know I'm this very American of me I'm very um, arrogant like most Americans I guess you could say but my my hope is to to try to be humble in in what um, in, in in the things that come. Also, want to try to bridge the gap between the the now and the not yet. You know, some of the the segments that I'm, my hope is with, with some of the future segments maybe would be to share stories of you guys, of real people that are navigating uh, the church BS. Uh, where are you at? Stuff like that. Uh, if you decide you want to send me that story, I, I promise I won't be sharing your name or your your personal information or anything like that. But I want to be able to share stories of, of real people that are having real challenges uh, with their faith, with their with their church uh, backgrounds. Maybe they're in the church right now. Kind of give a peek, if you will, behind the uh, the church window. You know, also I want to be able to offer some uh, some resources. Just not only resources that I have, but honestly, a lot of resources that have helped me. A lot of them are free. Some of them are not. You know, but uh, some just recommendations for things that maybe can help. That will help encourage you. In, in in where you're at. Probably a lot of what we're going to be doing is looking at church history, because I feel like there's a lot of things that we, within um, the American church, we've taken, we've, we've built on church history, but we never look at church history. And uh, I... I love history. I enjoy history. Uh, but, you know, I will try not to be boring with that. We'll try to keep it entertaining and fun uh, with that. But there are a lot of things that we in the American church world hold to as truth and as this is what God says and this is what his word says.
says and this, this, you know, like we, we have all these dogmatic uh, statements that we make and a lot of them uh, are, are rooted in uh, church history that even has just been a little off and has just grown to become something completely of what it shouldn't be and uh, what it was never intended to be. I'm also hoping to have guests on, so maybe some guest possibilities, some, some people from the LGBTQ community, uh, the racial, you know, different racial um, issues. We want to deal with immigrant issues, uh, maybe some atheists, people that are in the trenches, authors, musicians, everyday folks. Um, there's just a lot of uh, different topics, honestly, uh, that we can talk about and deal with. And how do we navigate that kind of in this third way, in this um, Jesus way, if you will. And, and so my hope is to maybe we can tackle those things and learn to listen with humility to people that are not like us, people that don't have the experiences we have, and people um, that honestly don't even claim to know Jesus or claim to walk with Jesus or don't even want to. Uh, but I feel like we can learn a lot from, especially within the church uh, world and and just as we, we move forward in this this new way. I don't know, there's a lot. I, you know, there's a lot. Obviously, we can we can stand up from, from here and say, hey, here's the plan. And I've learned long enough now, I've, done, I've been doing stuff long enough creatively, especially that uh, you can you can launch and say, hey, this is the plan, this is the goal, this is the direction, and then uh, do a complete 180 because of just the way life and circumstances and things like that throw at you. So, um, but my hope, honestly, in, in the episodes that come is to kind of give you this mixed bag of stuff. There will be an encouragement. So there'll be some encouraging, maybe some teaching. Um, there will hopefully be uh, just times to laugh, maybe times to think, you know, and just a mixture of different things. Uh, <laughs> if it's not your bag, you'll find something I'm sure that is in it. Uh, but you know, just uh, each episode will kind of be like, and I know this sounds corny, but kind of be like a stained glass window in the sense that, you know, if you've ever looked truly at a stained glass window, uh, it is made up of different pieces of colored glass. And those little pieces here and there uh, form a picture. And the, the whole purpose, the whole concept, the whole idea of a stained glass window, the reason why it's so especially prominent within, uh, you know, the church world is is from its its time uh, when it came into play was to, it became this, this form of telling story, a, a visual story of uh, the Bible, right? And so, you know, just, just as stained glass windows are used to tell a story, uh, my hope is each episode will be something like that, is that we will break apart some of the things that we've held to that are not they're not good and that we'll be able to piece them back together and that it will be this beautiful thing that we all can can kind of grow and learn from and uh, will be an encouragement hopefully and and just yeah it will become this this picture maybe of a bigger and broader view of God um, which leads me to the last point of to, to name a lion why would I why would the episode to name a lion is simply this and I feel like there's a lot of meaning behind names by naming naming something it it gives it identity right and probably the best way to explain that and some of you especially if you've been in the church world at all you are familiar um, with a man named C.S. Lewis, and he wrote he wrote a little uh, little children's series called uh, Chronicles of Narnia. And um, there's there's one book where he kind of captures this this um, this name, the meaning the meaning of a name. And some of you may be familiar with the story. I, I kind of want to do it in a um, again, hopefully, maybe an entertaining way. We shall see. said Lucy. Do please tell us what's happened to Mr. Tumnus. Ah, that's bad, said Mr. Beaver, shaking his head. 
That's a very, very bad business. There's no doubt that he was taken off by the police. I got that from a bird who saw it done. But, but where's he been taken to? Asked Lucy. Well, they were headed northward when they were last seen, and we all know what that means. No, we don't, said Susan. Mr. Beaver shook his head in a very gloomy fashion. I'm afraid it means they were taking him to her house. But what'll they do to him, Mr. Beaver? Well, can't exactly say for sure. There's not many taken in there that ever come out again. Statues. All full of statues, they say it is. In the courtyard and up the stairs and in the hall. People she's turned. <sighs> turned into stone. But, but Mr. Beaver... Can't we? I, I mean, we must. We must do something to save him. It, it's too dreadful, and it's all on my account. Well, I don't doubt you'd save him if you could, dearie," said Mrs. Beaver. "But you've no chance in the getting of the house against your will, never coming out alive. Couldn't we have some stratagem?" said Peter. "I mean, couldn't we dress up as something, or pretend to be oh peddlers, or anything, or watch till she was gone out, or or oh, hang it all! There must be some way. This fawn saved my sister at his own risk. Mr. Beaver, we can't just leave him to be to." To be, to have that done to him. It's no good, son of Adam. No good you're trying, of all people. But now that Aslan is on the move. Oh, oh yes, yes. Don't tell us about Aslan. Aslan, said several voices at once. For once again, that strange feeling, like the first signs of spring, like good news, had come over them. Who is Aslan? asked Susan. Aslan? Why, don't you know? He's the king. He's the lord of the whole wood, but not often here. You understand? Never in my time, or my father's time, but the word has reached us that he's come back. He's in Narnia at this moment. He'll settle the White Queen, all right. It is he, not you, that will save Mr. Tumnus. She won't turn him into stone, too, asked Edmund. Lord love you, son of Adam. What a simple thing to say. Turn him into stone. <laughs> if she can stand on her two feet and look him in the face, it'll be the most she can do, and more than I expect of her. No, no. He'll put it all to rights, as it says in the old rhyme in these parts. Rome will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, he shall have spring again. You'll understand when you see him. But shall we see him? asked Susan. Why, daughter of Eve, that's what I brought you here for. I'm, I'm to lead you where you shall meet him. Is he a man? asked Lucy. Aslan, a man? Certainly not. I tell you, he is the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king? A beast? Aslan is a lion. The lion? The great lion? Oh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Well, that you will, dearie, and no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe? Safe? Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. I'm longing to see him, said Peter, even if I do feel frightened when it comes to the point. So if you've been in the uh, the church world at any length of time, you've probably heard a mention of Aslan being, uh, you know, the 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 name, which actually means lion, right? King of the king of the woods. Um, the in uh, the allegory that you see within uh, C.S. Lewis's Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe is that Aslan is the the type, a messianic type. He is a Jesus character, if you will, in the book. And so um, 
C.S. Lewis is very intentional in the allegories and the names and stuff that he chose. And, and you know, it is in the human nature to to name things. We, by naming something, we give them identity. You know, my wife and I, we when we made a decision to name our kids what we did, we looked at the meaning of names because we believe that, that part of uh, naming something is giving that person or giving that thing an identity. Uh, it shapes the identity that they are. It shapes what the identity of what they'll become. And, um, you know, my hope with Shattering the Stained Glass and naming it Shattering the Stained Glass um, is I don't want people to get it twisted. I know that it seems aggressive, and it, it is, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm not angry. I'm not an angry church hater. I don't hate God's people uh uh, my hope is, quite honestly, to begin to liberate uh, God's people uh, in the American church context, especially because uh, we have taken a lot from the American church and we have sent it over into other countries. And I've been to other countries and I've seen what um, our way of church has done. Uh, it is really, um, it really robs people of their culture, of their heritage, and and instead of adapting it to um to share the gospel and to share Jesus and to teach those things within that context. Many times we say, hey, no, you have to do it in this way in, in the American church. And so my hope, uh, not just throw rocks at the church. Uh, anybody can do that. And, you know, I've been guilty of doing that in the past, and I know others have. But uh, it's quite honestly to break apart um, the things that that we hold dear in the American church world um, that are not necessarily of God and not necessarily uh, the Jesus way. And, um, you know, my hope is to help people break free from a lot of the uh, the chains of religion that um, maybe they've held to and some things that maybe they don't realize even holding to that are not necessarily accurate or, or true. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have uh, ulterior motives. They have things um, that uh, within the church world, I've seen it too often. I mean, that's the heart of man, I think, in, in the long run. And, you know, some of you may be asking the question, dude, what's your motive? Why are you doing this? Are you trying to, you know... Uh, Start your own thing, build your own church, build your own um, ministry and all of that, build a platform. This uh, this is a passion project for me. This is something that is an extension of what's in my heart. I don't have a, I mean, I, I have a desire to make money, but not off of this, if that makes sense. So I, I started a business back in January um, with the intent to, to make money. Uh, this is a project of the heart. It's a passion project for me. You know, my, my hope is even when I share links and things like that with people, uh, I don't plan on making money even off of those. Um, I don't, I'm not taking offerings. I'm not doing anything like that. My hope is true, truthfully and sincerely is just to uh, help people live freely. Um, and, and I think what God has designed and created us to, to live in. And so, um, you know, I think that's the, the difference between this and a lot of other podcasts is that, um, a lot of people, even in the church world, they start these podcasts and things, and it's the hope that it can become their job and that they can make money off of it and those things. And uh, I have desires to do that, but not with this podcast, not with um, the, this for me is just a it's a passion project. It's something I feel that I need to do uh, that if, you know, if you're more familiar with, I feel almost called to do, you know, to use that terminology almost I, I kind of, you know, I, I know some of you may bristle at that, uh, but that is a that's my that's my passion. That's my heart, I guess, behind this. And and I'm trying to live this Jesus life in a jacked up culture. And man, I botch it up so much. And I think honestly, that's why I've been delayed in getting stuff out because I still feel like I'm unqualified. But you know, I uh, reminded of a story about a friend of mine named Mike. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about Mike. I can, I'll share more about him some other day. But some years back, I was a part of a church plant in the inner city. After I came out of what I would call my prodigal years, I, I 
uh, began to help with an inner city church plant. Never worked in the inner city in the capacity that I was at that point. And, you know, I, I really, I, I went all in, I went all in with it. I honestly thought that's that's where I was going to do a ministry for the rest of my life is, is working there. Uh, Mike was homeless. He's a homeless guy um, that I began to build a relationship, a friendship with. And um, my roommate and I, at the time, we uh, we became good friends with Mike. And one day we got to got to the church, uh, and the way the church was set up is that there was a um, the parking lot is on the back half of the building, and then the building and the pro- church property actually comes to a a V. So the front of the church sits in in the the point of the V, and um, there's roads on both sides, streets that that connect there. You know, there's this side entrance which is kind of near the front, and then there is the back entrance. Well, the back entrance is where all of the parking was, and so. On that day, it was kind of rainy. It was kind of cold, and uh, my friend, my roommate, and I, we we both got there, and and we're getting ready to go into the kind of the back door, if you will. In the the doorway is is Mike. Mike was drunk. He was uh, he you could tell had been beaten up uh, the night before, and apparently he got in a fight with like two guys and tried to take his um, take his stuff, and uh, he got in a fight with them, and he was drunk. I mean, he was really bad, bad drunk, and. Um, he kept saying he was going to die. Uh, he would go through this thing where he said, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And at one point, he kind of almost passes out and is laying literally in the middle of the doorway. You know, I was talking to one of the other guys that was from the rescue mission area, and he was telling me what had happened with Mike. And uh, so basically, we said, look, we need to call 911. And Mike was very adamant that we don't call 911, but we did. And so we're waiting, uh, and, and, you know, an ambulance is coming and all that stuff. And so an ambulance gets, gets there, and I, I noticed around this time that church service is close to getting time to start. And we had to redirect people uh, from the parking lot and from the back door. We had to redirect them to walk to the front of the church building. And it was at that time where I really I began to see um, the faces of people were just of disgust. They were angry. And they were disgusted. They were disgusted that they had to walk a little further in the rain to get to their to the to the church service. And and in that moment, I was angry. I was frustrated and angry with people, and especially with the church people. And I had this feeling and this thought of like, you were literally walking by Jesus to get to your service, and you're doing it with disgust. And I had this this feeling of frustration and anger uh, towards the church people at that time. And it wasn't until some time later I actually had. Um, gotten fired from that position, and I'll share more about that later. But um, it wasn't until later that I realized that my disdain for church people, having a disdain for the broken and and hurting, I was seeing it in very much in that black and white kind of lens. And instead, there is this this and this understanding that I came to. You know, you could say God maybe helped me understand it and see it is that I was being allowed to inter- engage and interact with people like Mike, not knowing fully even what I was doing. But God had put me there, had given me a heart for people like that, and I was serving in that capacity. And my job, because I came out of the church world, and because I was in the church world, and I grew up in the church world, was to come alongside of those that were walking by with frustration in their eyes of not understanding, and come alongside of them and help them to understand, and help them to be able to serve the least of these and that. And so I think that reality of like, I was put there to be a bridge and not realizing that I was supposed to be a bridge to help the church people minister and serve uh, people that they weren't used to dealing with. And so I share that story with you because I, I kind of look at this podcast and the things I'm doing with Shattering the Stained Glass as simply this, is that my hope is to kind of begin to bridge 
um, to build a bridge, if you will, of places that I've been. Um, they've been really hard. There's been a lot of wounding in my life. And my hope is to be able to take those things and to, as, as those have healed, is then to begin to share um, with you and help encourage you and maybe walk alongside of you and say, look, I still don't have it all figured out, but this part I do have figured out. Um, and maybe we can learn together. And so my hope is to kind of be a bridge builder. And my hope is that you'll maybe walk with me and we can walk together as we try to figure uh, some of this stuff out. You know, I, uh, I've got a list of a plan of episodes to come. 2020 is kind of throwing a curveball with that. So there's a lot of things that we could talk about with that as well. But if you have listened up to this point, and I appreciate it. I really do. Hopefully you've been encouraged and entertained and, and, and things, uh, even with just a the intro episode. But, you know, if you have a topic that you would like us to tackle, uh, whether it be on our YouTube, on Facebook, or maybe even on the podcast itself, if you want to send me an email, it's at stainedglasspod at gmail.com. Uh, or you can hit us up uh, through any of the social media apps. Uh, we've got, you know, we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, Pinterest. Um, you can send us through any of those. Um, we're at Stained Glass Pod uh, on all those. Feel free to follow and like us on those things. Uh, obviously, if you are listening to us on whatever podcast app, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, we're on Stitcher, um, TuneIn, I think, as well. So, like, if you if you are on any of those apps, like, feel free to follow us. Hit that follow button. Um we're kind of everywhere <laughs> uh, and nowhere all at the same point right now. And so, yeah, we'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on the show and what your, what your, your hopes are for it. Um, what are some things, maybe suggestions you have um, as we, we get going and get moving. Um, I do have, like I said, I do have quite a few episodes planned out, but that doesn't mean that that won't change. So um, anyway, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe. So until next time, friends, may you always be just love mercy and walk in humility. This has been a production of Humble Planet Media Group, copyright 2020. All views and opinions are that of the individuals and not necessarily of Shattering the Stained Glass, Humble Planet Media Group, their sponsors, or affiliates. Special thanks to Eric Jordan for the intro music, Megan and David Frey for the logo design, and you, the listener, for downloading, sharing, and engaging on social media. All rights reserved. Humble Planet.